Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast. On this week's episode, we have uh, Mr. Anye Anyado. He's a great friend of mine. Um, I had the chance to meet him in London last year when he spoke at the Cross Pollination of Thought um, on a panel on creating a more inclusive society. And so one thing that really stuck out to me was just how inspirational Anya's story is, how he carries himself, and just the charisma that this guy oozes. So I'm very, very excited to have him on the podcast today. We're going to be talking a bit about his own journey from detention to distinction, the era of creative distinction, and kind of what the future looks like from here. So without further ado, let's jump right in. So Anya, why don't you you know, kind of introduce yourself to the audience here. Thank you. Thank you, Ikram. Thank you for the for the opportunity. I mean, it's, um, yeah, the last time we met, or the first time we met was in London, I think 2018, 19, no, I think 2019. So yeah, thank you for this opportunity to appear on your podcast. And thank you for the, um, for the build up as well. I'm highly flattered as well. So it's all good. It's all good. So yes, um, my name is Oni, Oni Inyado, and I'm a UK-based global leadership speaker, corporate trainer, and futurist. So from my message of cutting edge distinction, I, I train and coach leaders and organizations around the world how to leverage and lead with their distinction in the 2020s and beyond. And as you rightly said, my, my life story, my legacy is titled From Detention to Distinction. I guess let's start from the beginning. What's, what's your story? Okay, brilliant. So yeah, I was I was born and raised in, in, in London, Hackney, East London. And obviously I'm aware we've got an international audience. So mm-hmm. obviously London being a capital of England is split into four parts. So North London, South London, West London and East London. So I was born and raised in East London, a particular area called Hackney. And to a 2.4 family, meaning my father, my mother, my sister and myself. Unfortunately, at a very early age, I think when me and my sister was maybe seven or eight or eight or nine, I can't remember, my dad left. So for the majority of my childhood years and my teenage years, it was just me, my mom and my sister. Thankfully, on Father's Day, about uh, maybe seven, eight years ago, me and my dad reunited after 25 years on Father's Day. Ikra, you remember that song by Justin Timberlake, Crimea River? Yeah. Well, in this case, it was cry me an ocean, because all I could do was cry, cry. I mean, I cried. I remember, I'll never forget that day. 15, 15 minutes nonstop, I was just crying. Because, I mean, this is my dad. I haven't seen from when I was a, literally a small child. I mean, you know, so um, I, I, I went through the education system. So, you know, having the best mum in the world from a Nigerian background, very strict. You had to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a pharmacist. So I went to a good school, um, a school in North London. Um, St. Aloysius, we had a green blazer where all the other schools had that black blazers and blue blazers, but we had a a dark green blazer, which was quite interesting at that time. I went to a college called Southgate College. I studied, what did I study? Uh, Business studies, and I came out with a merit. There's three grades, a pass, a merit, and distinction. And then I went to Middlesex University, which is in Northwest London. I think they got a branch in Dubai, if my memory serves me right as well. But I I studied Mm. management and marketing. Again, I didn't know what I want to become, but, you know, I was going with the flow. And at the time, that particular, particularly the first year of university was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I came of age, um, you know, growing up in Hackney, that particular area in London, the majority, if not all my friends were black. But coming into university, it was a kaleidoscope of races and faces from different places around the world. I had 
white friends, Indian friends, so much Chinese friends. It was really unbelievable. So it was coming of age. I mean, I had money for the first time, be it a student loan and student grant. But yeah, I mean, I was, you know, as a young man, I was like, wow, I had, I had money for the first time ever. And unfortunately, when I got to the second year of university, so at the time, all my friends were, were living a particular life called a street life. The street life is, I suppose, a London-based term or UK-based term. In America, I think they, they kind of call it a fug life, but it wasn't really like that deep, like fug life like that, but it was a street life. Um, I was the only one out of my friends that were really properly serious at university. One of my other friends, extended friends, I mean, he was at university, but he was in and out. One day he just came in with an envelope full of money and then from then I dropped out of university and began living a particular life called a street life, which involved um, two times I was incarcerated and then six of my friends got murdered and I nearly got shot dead, you know, and it was, um, it was a very interesting time in my life. I wasn't a bad boy, but, you know, man with no purpose or young man with no purpose, no dream, you know, no one aspiring for anything great. You know, you become a product of your environment. And, you know, I, I don't I, I don't buy into that narrative, you know, particularly you know, maybe they say in America, oh, I was born poor. No, mm-hmm. we had, yeah, it was, it was hard for us, but we had 24 hour electricity. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can get free money from the government. I mean, my mum worked, she had a good job mm-hmm. or she had a job. So it wasn't like, oh, we were born poor. But mm-hmm. it was one of the things where looking back now, I didn't have no positive role, definitely didn't have no father figure. and definitely didn't have no positive role model. So for nearly 10 years or 10 years about, I was living this whole street life with no purpose, no direction. What changed? Like that, I think for me, that's kind of like, you know, like, because when I meet you now, right? It's like, it's so difficult for me to imagine, you know what I mean? Because of like, you know what I mean? And it, But I know, yes. like, I know it's your story and I know it's your legacy. So it's like, and I think it's something our listeners would be interested in because maybe some people are kind of stuck in these circles, stuck in these loops. You know, everyone's got a different background and experience. So I'm like, I really am curious to know like what changed, right? I mean, obviously getting nearly dying, I feel like it's always like a change experience or it's like, yeah. There's that moment of reflection, but what were kind of those factors over there for you? Yeah, so funny enough, you know, you mentioned about reflection. So when I nearly got shot dead, it was my own close friends that tried to kill me. There was no time for reflection. It was like, okay, one of those things it was just, I was stuck in a, you know, like a, you know, um, a rat race. It was just the same old, same old cycle. But at a point further down the line, maybe a year, two years later, I just knew in my heart, one of my favorite songs is Labby Sappy, Something Inside So Strong. I knew in my heart I was, I was better than the shootouts, the old street life, prison, mm-hmm. visiting people. I just knew, I just, I just knew that there's, there had to be something more than this. And then um, the only job I saw myself doing was becoming a counselor working in North London for some strange reason. Usually it's be a rapper or a basketball or a footballer or whatever, whatever. And so on the 2nd of November, 2008, I became a born again Christian. I gave my life to Christ. I, I found I somehow found a church and then my journey started from there. So 2nd of November, 2008, I became a born again Christian. Then from then my journey started, but I mean, I still didn't necessarily know what I wanted to become. I didn't have a purpose in that sense. So mm-hmm. I went back to adult college and I think, you know, finding a good church, becoming a Christian that gave me that family, that structure mm-hmm. and that, that, that peace, that peace I was always looking for. So I went back to adult college. Remember, my mind is still, okay, you know, I'm a changed man now, whatever that means. Let me go back to college. I went back to adult college. Remember, this is the first time in education for a good number of years. And I studied counselling and, um, yeah, counselling level one and level two or something on them lines. 
and it was interesting. I, I went to two, like I think a college, I think on a Thursday night and then a Friday morning. And that, again, that was an awakening, a kind of like, wow, like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to become something in life, even if it was being a coming a counsellor, working in um, North London. So yeah, 2nd of November, 2008, became a born again Christian, gave my life to Christ. You know, I found that peace, that inner peace and that purpose, that family. I realised that, and that's what we mentioned before the start of the podcast, we're, we're social beings. We, we need, no man is an island, no woman is an island. We need people, you know, even living that particular street life. That was my family, quote unquote. We were family. We, we, we had each other in that sense, you know, depend on me or whatnot, whatnot. And the same thing, you know, whether you're in a church, whether you're in a mosque, whether you're in a workplace, whether you're at home, you need that family, you need that people. And so that was my, and I, and I felt genuine love for the first time ever. It was like, you know, and so, yeah, then um, um, went to adult college, got my level one and two, but then I realized that, you know, it's, that's not necessarily, you know, my plan or my destiny, my vision. And it was just an evolution of my gifts, my talents and my passion. I, I found out about life coaching, um, went to, went to a, a two-day training course where they sell you the, the training course after two days. But at the time, I mean, the, the cheapest course was £4,000. At the time, I didn't have £4 to my name, so I, I took a step of faith, and then the journey started from there. It was an evolution of my gifts, my talents. So I've, I've self-published two books. I think the first one it was in 2010, 11. And then the second one, yeah, so 2010, I think I first published this, the first one. And then 2011, the second one. And it was just really an evolution of my gifts, my talents and my passion. I came up with a brand of distinction. And I think maybe 2012, maybe 13, it became cutting edge distinction. And then the rest is history. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm kind of curious to see. So I feel like part of it's like, you know, the different environment that you were on. And it's funny, like when you were talking about um, that whole idea of like love and community, I was listening, uh, I was driving in my car earlier and there was like a Tupac song on the radio. And it was like, wow. and it was like, I think it was um, the one where it's like, and they showed a young brother love, right? So it was just like, you know, I kind of fell into that lifestyle because they like showed me love, you know what I mean? And I think that that's, yeah. you know, so, so important to recognize like how that, environment and like the people around you really influence you in ways that you may or may not realize um yes. for better or for worse right like <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent yeah 100 percent um li living um hanging out with my guys the guys on the streets it was we still had a laugh we still enjoyed it there was still that fun quote unquote there was still that happiness there was still that environment but you get to a point when you, you you know that you you yourself know enough is enough like <laughs> it's like i can't live like this anymore man i can't you no know? that makes sense and so i guess kind of like what was that shift i mean there's so, so much there right so there's obviously like the whole process of like writing a book right which you, you know i've been trying to write a book for some time so it's just like the fact that you sit down and you like self-publish two books just blows my mind right and I think even when we were speaking last time, it was like, how did you do it, right? Like what, you know, how did you just get that, that focus to get that done? And then kind of the, the second question that I had was why distinction, right? Because I know, remember right now we were just talking, you're like, oh, you know, there was like this and then merit and then distinction, right? With, with the, <laughs> the grade system there, right? And you're like, you know what, I'm, yeah. I'm shooting for distinction. So I guess there's like two questions there. So I'll let you tackle whichever one you want first. <laughs> okay, fantastic questions. Thank you. So yeah. 
about the focus and and so it's interesting you mentioned that so um so i began you know obviously okay i found out about life coaching so okay i'm going to be a coach i'm going to be a keynote speaker you know i promised myself i'll never call myself a motivational speaker nothing wrong with that but at the time there were so many motivational speakers so i will do a lot of networking mm-hmm. you know go to a lot of um, conferences you know the time when you can have 500 people at an event and everyone's touching each other and saying hello now it's like oh my gosh and and i, and I noticed that you know you know the guys that would speak on the stage they were had charisma they had style they had something to say i would be motivating and i'd be inspiring i was like i can do this like, i can do this and then you know in the words of tupac i peep game I, I studied the game and realized that every speaker wrote a book every speaker published some kind of book that gave them that kind of authority so I think on between 2000, maybe nine, tenish, I was very heavy on Facebook. Every day I'd be just writing motivational um, quotes about distinction, distinction. And it was just, an, again, I said it was an evolution of my, 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 my gifts, my talents and my passion. And then, you know, having that idea to write a book, it was always inside of me. You know, Gabby Sapi said it, it's something inside so strong. It was always inside of me, but it had to be birthed in the right environment. And then it was just, I didn't, I didn't have no money. I took a step of faith. I didn't have a laptop. So it was, I didn't have a plan B, if that made sense. So I knew that, okay, let me just write a book and whatever happens, happens. Let me just get it out there. Even though I didn't have literally have a pound to my name, I didn't have a laptop, but that, that was my only focus. Remember, I'm not on the streets no more. Remember, I'm in a church environment, in a community environment. I believe I found my purpose to live. So let, let me go full steam ahead. Because if I'm, if I'm going to events and I'm seeing these great guys speaking, and they've got books, they're speaking around the world. I, I can do that too, you know? So yeah, it was just that, it was that, you know, may I say divine enablement just to write a book. Again, without no money, I had to use scrap paper. I didn't have a pound to my name. Yeah, how do you do it without scope. a laptop? Like that's like, you know, that, that's what I'm curious yeah. to know. Using their computer, but at the start of it, I was just using scrap paper. I remember I was still living at my mom's house and the idea just burst out of my spirit and I began writing. but. I didn't have a pound to buy A4 paper, so I had to use scrap paper. I mean, I've moved a couple of times, but I've lost it, lost the paper, but I still got a picture of it. I mean, I'll send it to you via WhatsApp. And, you know, that was a that was a major milestone on my journey of distinction. So that was my focus, knowing that there's fantastic speakers out there that, you know, written books, so I might as well do it, you know? So I, what, I, what I used to do, I used to go to the internet cafes in my area, I literally begged them or asked them, but I was begging them, oh, you know, I haven't got no money. Can I use the internet for like an hour? Sometimes I'd be, I'd be there for like three or four hours, you know? And then finally I got a part-time job in a church office, funny enough. And then after hours or sometimes during the hours, I'm telling anyone I'd be. No, that makes sense. I, I feel like you're like looking at all the people that you wanted to be and were like, what are they, what have they done that I haven't done? So that way I can yes. get to their level. Is that kind of like what you were doing in that? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it's, it's you know, interesting. I'm, I've even, you know, living a particular lifestyle, I've always been a good speaker. I've always mm-hmm. had a gift of a gab, quote unquote. I've always can speak. So that I realized that was my, my gift. So let me just maximize it. And then the second question about distinction, mm-hmm. honestly, that was just, a, again, that was inside of me all along. It sounds easy for me to say, it, or can I say, quote unquote, mm-hmm. cheap for me to say it, but I, I really haven't got an answer. It was, you know, when you just go with the flow, you naturally just go with the flow. And then, you know, all of a sudden people start calling Mr. Distinction. But at the time I'm living at my mom's house. I've got no money. I've got nothing. I've just got a dream, a vision. But people began calling me Mr. Distinction because at the time I was writing about distinction, distinction, distinction. That was 
inside of me. And my my first book was titled uh, what's the first one? Um, Hitting the Target: A Twelve Month Guide to Distinction. I think in two thousand and fourteen odd, I done a TEDx, mm-hmm. which was called From Distinction to Distinction. And then from then, it was just it was just I was just I was just going with the flow. It was you know it's just you know it's um. You know, now I can look back and I realize, you know, I wouldn't call myself a branding expert, but I realize there's a psychology behind branding. And that's one thing that Apple, Nike, Google, IBM do so well. They subconsciously put their brand in front of you to a certain extent that you get, you just get used to it. You just, you just get used to the Nike tick. You just get used to um, the Volkswagen sign. You just get used to the, do you understand? You, you just get used to it. So I knew my distinction, particularly on Facebook, if I post every day, post every day, hashtag distinction, subconsciously people are going to get used to it. I didn't know it then, but I know it now looking back. So yeah, that was this, the, 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 the distinction brand. And then I think 2000, maybe 13, 14, maybe it just evolved into cutting edge distinction. And then, yeah. And then my legacy from detention to distinction. I guess what brought the whole idea of cutting edge to distinction, right? Like, what does that mean? Can you break it down for, for our listeners? Yes. Yeah. Again, I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I don't even know. I, at the time, you know, sometimes you just, you, do, you, just go, you just go with the flow and you look back and you're thinking, um, I thought, what could I say to, to make the listeners get even more? Honestly, Excited. do you know what it was? I think <laughs> there's, a, there's an entrepreneur, I wouldn't call him a friend, but I'll call him a friend anyway, Daniel Priestley. Um, he's written some fabulous books, um, Key Person of Influence, um, Oversubscribe. And his brand, main brand was KPI, Key Person of Influence. And then I saw he switched to Dent. It's now called Dent, D-E-N-T. And so I remember I saw it on Twitter and I looked at my bio and it had distinction is the message. And I just came up with cutting edge distinction. I, I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know why. It's just cutting edge distinction. And I think looking back now, it flows better. It has more. And I suppose, you know, distinction is, you know, top of the top. But cutting edge distinction, it's, it's, it, says, it says what it means. It's, it's cutting edge, but you're not just distinguished or cutting edge you know um recently Maradona passed away you know he wasn't just a, a footballer of distinction he was cutting edge recently Mike Tyson came out of retirement and a foot again he's not just a, a box of distinction he's a cutting edge distinction so a cutting edge boxer so it's um to be honest it was just I just came out of it I just <laughs> but I think looking back now I think I think cutting edge distinction sounds better than distinction no, no, it does. It does have a bit of that that ring to it. Completely agreed. And then now, kind of like the, I feel like the next evolution of that is like creative distinction, right? Yes, 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 yes. That's my. I mean, I, t- I tweeted quite a lot about that today. So yeah, in my, what was we now? We're in two thousand and twenty. So two thousand and sixteen, seventeen. Again, I just began talking about creative distinction. You know, mm-hmm. thinking outside of the box and using a box to see new opportunities and possibilities. And by 2019, I got the revelation, not really understanding that, okay, we're entering a new decade, mm-hmm. but the next, we're now entering the era of creative distinction. <clears throat> and so by the end of November, I just knew that the 2020s, the new decade is the era of creative distinction. And people keep, people even now are asking, oh, but only what do you mean by that? And then automatically make people assume or think that I'm talking about, you know, machine learning, artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, which is true to a certain extent, but I'm convinced, and we're seeing it now, that in an, over the next 10 years and even beyond, mm-hmm. we're going to see emergence of individuals with, with, who, who give birth to new ideologies, new, new think tanks, new strategies, 
new concepts. So it's not just literally, um, you know, um, how can I say? It's not just AI, machine learning, et cetera, et cetera. It's actually, it's actually gonna be human beings birthing new ideas, new concepts, new ideologies, new programs that goes along. So I think to, last year, I, I, I said the following. I said, do you know in every decade, new ideologies, messages and concepts are birthed that goes against mediocrity, mind, mind, mindlessness and misery, but instead develops leadership, legacy and light. So in this new era, this new decade, the 2020s, the era of creative distinction, we're going to see a flurry of new ideologies, messages and concepts that develops leadership, legacy and light. And I suppose that will go hand in hand with machine learning, with deep learning, et cetera, et cetera. But definitely we're going to have individuals from around the world, anywhere around the world, who are going to birth new concepts, new thoughts, new thought leadership that, that's going to bring value on the local, national and global platform. So era of creative distinction and, and so kind of building off of that right i feel like you know 2020 has been such an interesting year for everybody right for the whole world mm. right yes and how do you think that's going to tie in right because i do i feel like that's like 100 hitting the terms of also just everything i'm seeing in the world around us and like this whole idea of like new age capitalism this shift towards sustainability towards like global empowerment and initiatives and also like individual empowerment and initiatives yes. and how do you think that's going to tie it and how do you think covid potentially is a disruptor and a catalyst to this era of creative distinction because i think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head yeah yeah um i mean no, no one predicted it i i in 2018 i mean i've got the video online somewhere i did say a global shift is coming but I'm not gonna lie, I never knew in a million years it's gonna be by a virus, not in a billion, gazillion, no one knew that, you know? But definitely COVID-19 has, has, has shaken up and disrupted to a certain extent, to a level that everyone, most of us, or many of us, or the whole world realizes that we've been either too comfortable or we haven't been comfortable enough, or we haven't been secure enough. So COVID-19 has brought such a disruption, such a disruption that, those that were just floating along have got not have got no choice but to step up. Those who already stepped up and now can reach new possibilities and opportunities. So COVID-19, of course, it's been it's been disastrous. Many people have lost their lives, you know, lost jobs. But it's 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 a first year of a new decade and it's the birth pains. You know, uh, I don't know what happened in 1999, but I know 2009, 2020 is the first year of a new decade. So if it's a whole new decade of new concepts, new ideologies, it's a birth pain. And as we know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a mother. <laughs> I can never give birth, but when a mother gives birth, there's screaming, there's pain, there's blood loss, there's shouting, there's shifting, but finally the baby comes out. So it, it, it's a time of, I think, birthing, if that's the right, if, if, if we're gonna go with the flow, it's a time of birthing. It, it's, I'm not saying it, it should, it, it had to happen, but it, it, it has happened and it's disrupted everything. I mean, this, this, this earlier on this day, I was, I tweeted something that, you know, um, there's a, there's a, there's, there was a designer called um, T.M. Lewin, not, is it T.M.? Yeah, T.M. Lewin. And they were founded, I think in 1890s odd, something like that. But because of COVID-19, they had to close all of their shops today uh, in June this year because of COVID-19. So it's, it's, 
it's disrupted like not, never before. But now in the midst of disruption, we've now, we've, we as entrepreneurs, as leaders, however you want to describe us, we now have to begin to become even more agile and be, become even more um, future fit thinkers. Because as I said, as a, yeah, TM Lewin, in 1898, they were founded. They were disrupting, they were leading with disruption over you know, 20, 50, 60 years, and then bam, COVID-19, because of the disruption, they closed 66 of their stores. So we now have to use that as a template or as a guideline to say, look, we have to even become even more agile. We've got to become even more creative. We've got to become even more risk takers. We've got to even work even more. And that's why, funny enough, last year, yeah, before COVID-19, <laughs> I created the three C's of creative leadership, critical thinking, collaborative thinking and creative thinking critical thinking collaborative thinking and creative thinking and never than any time in history particularly in the recent history you have to become more of creative thinker collaborative thinker and, and critical thinkers and that's now pushing us that we now have to work together for the common goal for the common objective and that's to bring value and bring change you know i completely agreed and, and I love that, that kind of framework over there of, you know, the critical thinking, collaborative thinking, and what was the last one? Creative thinking. Um, creative thinking, yes. And I, and I feel like that's especially going to be important. Um, I was reading this book, it's called Green to Gold. And so it talks about, you know, how green companies create almost like a competitive advantage and an edge in the marketplace. And yes. a lot of that does stem from those three principles that you're talking about, like that idea of being like very critical thinking, like thinking about, you know, their entire supply chains, like the life cycle of their products, both the upstream. So kind of meaning their suppliers and the, their customers, too. So like the downstream impacts of, you know, what, what they're doing and how they've created a lot of these solutions through innovative collaborations, like within like their organizations, within their industries, within, you know, their supply chains. And, and, you know, some of these solutions are just really creative too. So I feel like, yes. you know, within the, the coming decades, that's definitely going to be, you know, I think areas where everyone needs to kind of upskill in that respect and, and think about that. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of biased. I love like your three Vs. So if you want to break that down <laughs> for the That's <laughs> It's good to be biased. So, yeah, so again, um, and it's interesting, Ikra, I, 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 you know, we're going back to the future and forward mm -hmm. and back. And I realized that all my, I mean, the last, the first four months of lockdown was, is my, has been my, was my most creative period since 2010, 11. And I can say that wholeheartedly. So when I look back, I realized that a lot of the concepts, I, I never knew they're going to be so relevant in the 2020s and beyond, to be very honest. So yeah, so 2000. 18, 19, I can't really remember, I, I created the three Vs of leadership branding, stroke organizational branding, your vision, your values, and your voice. Your vision, your values, and your voice. So let, 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 me, let me break down what branding is. So in 2015, I said the following, and all, all those that are listening, please tweet it, LinkedIn it, of course, put my name, it's my intellectual property. So in 2015, I said, Branding is not just a product, it's also a way of life, an idea. Branding is actually leadership. I say again, branding is not just a product, it's also an idea, a way of life. Branding is actually leadership. So, for example, if you're an employee, or listen to an example, I work with a lot of senior managers, 
And Ikra is fascinating, it's amazing. When I asked them, like a group of, you know, maybe 10 senior managers, what's the vision, the value and the voice of your organization? Okay, what's the vision? <clears throat> uh, 10 of them, three of them don't know. Six of them have six different answers that maybe one or two would say the vision is this. So I realize now, particularly in a new norm in COVID-19 in the era of creative distinction, have a clear and defined vision, which is simple, straightforward and strategic. That's the key. Now I'm, I'm teaching, I'm, I'm, I'm training and coaching a lot of senior managers to really simplify their vision. Before COVID-19, before the new norm, you know, we can have a free paragraph vision statement or mission statement. Then, <laughs> then times are gone now. It's, it's, it's strategic, it's simple, it's straightforward. So the vision for a short-term vision, long-term vision, you know, I, I now put a lot of emphasis on future thinking the next 20, 30, 40 years down the line. And it's now changing the mindset of managers to understand, okay, the future you're not thinking about has already started. So your vision has to begin. I mean, I wrote something on, I tweeted something earlier. I said something on the lines like, do you know your future disruption is actually your now disruption? So disrupting with your vision is not just for the future, it's for now. But your future you're not thinking about has already started. So your vision, your values, and your voice. The values, for example, is the culture in the organization. Remember, branding is not just a product. It's not a product, it's not the service. It's a way of life. So what, what is the actual culture of the organization? What's your culture? What's your leadership style that you can, you know, that when you're leading others and in the voice, you're saying something online, you're on social media, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, you're saying something, I'm saying something now about my vision, my values and my voice. So definitely I realize now more than ever before, Everyone's got a voice now. Everyone's got a platform, whether it's social media, whether it's podcasts, whether it's WhatsApp, whether it's a WhatsApp status, whatever you post on your WhatsApp status, that's, a, that's your voice. That represents your vision, your values, and your voice. So for me, it's, it's even with entrepreneurs now, you know, whether you're in sustainability, whether you're in tech, whether you're in you know, management and consultancy, what's your, what's your values? What's your, what's your vision? And it's not just about what you say about your your business, your product or your service actually is what other people are saying about your product, your business and your service. So it's just a whole new understanding or concept that, yep, I can have a great voice, I can have a great vision, I can have a great value, but if my staff, my fellow employees, if my clients and potential clients are not saying the same thing and not seeing the same thing, then it's really division rather than a vision. No, completely agreed on that. That's there's just so much to kind of unpack within within that you know what I mean in terms yes. of like setting up a vision right making sure it's simple strategic um and you know I feel like also just conveying that across different levels of an organization I am um, was it is there's somebody who asked like you know a janitor at NASA they're like what are you doing and he's like you know I'm sending somebody to the moon like that's like <laughs> the level yes a vision where it's like, hey, every little thing that I'm doing within this organization is working to this objective, right? Or every single thing that I'm doing within your, you know, your, your life is working towards this objective, right? Yes. And so I guess, like, what's, what's your vision and like, how did you find that? Very good question. And, and, and particularly now with, you know, I don't want to talk, I don't want to mention COVID-19 all the time. So let's call it the, the new norm and the era of creative distinction. Cause you know, mm -hmm. sometimes let's, you know, mention the positives in that sense. So in this new norm in the era of creative distinction, 
employees, students, everyone alive is now looking for a new vision or redefining their vision. And 2018, I created a concept, a model, the GTP, which I spoke about briefly earlier, which is your gifts, your talents, and your passion. Your gifts, your natural born ability to do something. Some people can code. When it comes to coding, yeah, me, I can't even cold. I can just about switch on my microwave. <laughs> well, I can switch on my microwave, because I can on my microwave, but that's not my gifting. I, I, I love my gifting is to speak and is to write. But my talents is the evolution of my gifts. And so my talents is something defined and created in a form of a business or a service, a product that brings value. And of course, my passion is I love coaching people. I love helping people. I love speaking. Some people, they're passionate about women's empowerment. Some people are passionate about tech. Some people are passionate about sports. So your vision is connected to your gifts, your talents and stuff as in designing, whether it's architecture, whether it's machine learning, deep learning, you know, designing programs. I, that's not my passion. I'm not even good at that. I like watching TV, chilling out, Netflix. <clears throat> but some people, their passion, their gifts, they're not, what they're naturally born to do. And, you know, maybe it's by accident. I mean, the education system doesn't teach us this. Sometimes it's later in life that we fall on it by accident or we hear a podcast or we go to a workshop or a conference. But for me, it's your gift, your talent and your passion. You want to create a vision and that vision has to bring, talk about bringing change somewhere down the line. It's something you're naturally good at. What can you do? You know, what can you naturally do? I can't draw, but many people are great designers. Um, I'm not sporty, but many people can play basketball or baseball or cricket or football. And it's your passion. I realized that even as a young man, my, my, my passion has always been people, helping people. But now I had to create a vision, which is now to, you know, coach and train and empower people to develop their leadership distinction. So whether I'm working with, you know, 15 year olds out of, you know, in America, they call it high school, in, you know, here in the UK, we call it secondary school. I'm working with CEOs or CIOs to develop their leadership distinction. That's my vision because I realized that one of the things that hindered me or one of the things that stunted my growth is I didn't have a vision. And not only that, I didn't find my leadership distinction. I always tell people that it's not just about finding your distinction. Remember my distinction was, I want to become a counselor. Then I want to become a keynote speaker. I had to find my distinction in my distinction. And so my distinction in my distinction is from detention to distinction is cutting edge distinction. That's my distinction in my distinction. So now um, to create a vision, your gifts, your talents, and your passion, and then find your distinction in your distinction. And you know, Ikra, one of the best discoveries is self-discovery. So someone could be listening to this podcast now and thinking, wow, I'm, I'm being really challenged and inspired by Oni and Ikra. But it's not just about inspiration and, and motivation, it's about application. So now somebody has to sit down and just get a blank piece of paper and write GTP. What's my gifts? something what am i naturally what are two or three things i'm naturally good at what's my talent how can i now develop this into whether into a career or into a business product service and what's my passion what am i actually passionate about is it food okay what kind of food is it vegan food is it you know high high value kind of food as a chef so it's, it's that self-discovery you mentioned tupac tupac was more than a rapper he actually was a revolutionary and one of the, I don't listen to rap music anymore, but one of these greatest, one of one of the greatest, if not the greatest lyric of in, in all time in rap is even a genius asks his question. 
even a genius answers questions. And now in this, you know, this new norm of all the lockdown with what's going on in the world, this is a perfect opportunity to switch off social media, definitely switch off the news <laughs> and ask questions. Even a genius answers questions. What's my gifts? What's my talents? What's my passion? And may I say, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are or how long you've been in your industry or in education or how long you've been on planet Earth. Why? In 2015, 16, something like that, I said, leadership isn't about age, but rather leadership is about influence, impact and inspiration. Leadership isn't about age. So it's not how old you are. It's not how young you are, how long you've been in your organization, how long you've been in your in your you know, institution, wherever, but rather leadership is about influence, impact and inspiration. And the first person you have to influence, impact and inspire is yourself. Once you get that revelation and that understanding and, and then begin to apply it, the world is your oyster. I mean, you heard my story. I dropped out of university. I've, you know, <laughs> I nearly got shot dead, but now I'm, I'm coaching and training CEOs and CIOs of major companies. And, I'm, and I'm, I've only just started. And I'm not, I'm, I didn't do it by luck or by magic. It was just understanding, okay, I've something inside of me that needs to be birthed. And I have to go through a lot of pain, maybe some shame, make some mistakes, but I've seen the bigger picture. Sorry, I've seen the clear and defined vision. So your gifts, your talents, and your passion, and then begin that journey of self-discovery. No, completely, completely agreed on that. There's, there's so much there, you know what I mean? Every, every <laughs> yeah, there's always just so many like nuggets, you know, as you're, as you're saying that, because, you know, we, we tried it before. I was like, oh, like when you're saying that quote on leadership, it's like impact, influence, and inspiration that, that I love. It reminds me of this, another quote um, about leadership, which is if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, and do more and become yes. more you are a leader. And I was like that, yes. that. And so I guess, you know, within that, there's a lot, right? So it's like finding your passions, your talents and your gifts, or your yes. gifts, your talents and your passions. And then from there, kind of creating a vision, a vision of distinction of, and, and then diving even deeper into that distinction to find the distinction and the distinction. Yes, yeah. And so, and so, and that's to become legacy minded. Unfortunately, Ikra, the world that we live in, societies, education, <laughs> government, um, politics, sport, is very selfish, very self-centered. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> My name is Jimmy. If your name is Jimmy, listen up, I'm not talking about you. But society makes us very self-centered, very selfish. But the essence of my strategy of cutting edge leadership and my message <laughs> of cutting edge distinction is to be selfless. It's to live your legacy and leave your legacy. You know, when famous people die, they say, oh, he left the legacy, she left the legacy. But, you know, one of my quotes, I said, entrepreneur, do you know you don't have to be dead to leave a legacy? And so when we become legacy minded, yes, I call it the free S, we're going to face fear, frustration and fatigue. But then more importantly, we can turn that into the free eyes of impact, impact, influence and inspiration. But we're not just influencing, impacting and inspiring ourselves but we're influencing, impacting, and inspiring others. Because why? We're living our legacy and we're leaving our legacy. So becoming legacy-minded is another part, another dimension mm -hmm. of finding your distinction in your distinction. Because 
as I said, it's like, oh, me, myself and I get married, have children, get a good job. All that's thrown out of the window now with this new norm mm-hmm. and creative, the hero of creative distinction. There's no such thing as that kind of, I'm not saying security, there's mm-hmm. there is going to be some level of security, but everything's now in, up in the air. So if everything's up in the air and it's all coming down, you, you better have the capacity to begin to grab stuff and begin to hold on to it and begin to mold it into something that brings value. So, so yeah, legacy-minded is the, is the order of the century. Right. So how, what advice would you give to someone? Right. Cause I know there's like, everyone's journey has ups and it has downs. How do you deal with and how do you kind of overcome that fear, fatigue and, and um, frustration, frustration. Yes. Yeah. Very good question. And listeners, Ikwa, I've, I've faced it. I faced the three S on different levels and different dimensions. So I'm, I'm speaking it from my experience and from the bottom of my heart, man. I'd say, so let's take frustration, you know, even on this journey of life, mm-hmm. this journey of distinction, this journey of purpose, whatever you want to call it, you're always going to face as come some kind of hindrance, obstacle, roadblock, hate, dishonor, mm-hmm. tiredness, whatever. It's part of the journey. When you're facing so many frustrations, that's an, or, or, or even a frustration, that's an opportunity to stop, ask questions, stop, think, and ask questions. Remember, Tupac said it best even a genius asks questions. So if you're facing so many frustrations and frustrations come in different shapes or sizes, sit down, think. You know, society is all about rush, 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 rush. Mm-hmm. Sit down, think, take a time out and think, okay, what are the problems I'm facing now? Okay, and then begin to think, what are the solutions? Because sometimes in the midst of the frustration, the, the obstacles and the problems, you can find opportunities and possibilities. But particularly in my younger days as an entrepreneur, when I would get frustrated, I would get, I'd get angry and pull my hair out. Then sometimes I didn't have no hair. I've got a nice afro now anyway, but <laughs> I'll, I'll pull out my afro. I'm like, oh. But then I realized as time would go on, as I matured, and I realized, okay, relax. Just, just think, think for a moment, settle down, ask questions, learn from your, your previous successes. I, I don't think we do that enough. You know, there's that, there's that portion, there's that narrative of learn from your mistakes and you're, you're always going to make mistakes or whatever. Yes. But learn from your previous successes because every success um, came from a, a frustration. You know, as I said before, no woman gives birth just like that. It has to be a lot of fears and tears and shame and and, and sort of shame and, 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 and anger and a bit. Oh my God, I'm I can't do it. Push, 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 push. So always learn from your past successes and 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 learn and look back and what you've succeeded and, and what you went through to succeed and use that as a reference point. Because sometimes we get to a point of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't do it, I can't do it, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. But then if we stop and realize that, hold on a minute, six months ago or six weeks ago, I was facing the same situation, but didn't I overcome it? Okay, what, what did I learn from last time? And then use that as a platform to say, hey, it's time to succeed. So frustration is, is part of the journey of life, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a student. I mean, no one predicted COVID-19, no one, no one in a billion years, but it's here now. Unfortunately for the next maybe how long, who knows? So now many people are in frustration, but we now have got to use that as a stepping stone to see new opportunities and possibilities. Um, so that's frustration. The fear, I remember, you know, I think we know that, that common saying that, you know, scientists or whoever say, 90% of the things that we're scared of never happens. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. You know, and, and, and one, of the, one, of the, one, of the, one of the one of the things that, that hinders people from becoming really, creative is fear and 90% of the times the thing that we're scared of never happens so I think 
particularly now in the era that we're in, it's to be very conscious of, you know, a great man once said, who has your ears will determine who you become. So if you're listening to the news and you're watching the news 24 hours a day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, you're going to be consumed with fear. You're not going to be a critical thinker. You're not going to be a collaborative thinker. You're definitely not going to be a creative thinker because you're, you're being, you've surrounded yourself with fear. Ikra, personally, I don't watch the news. Mm-hmm. The other day, I was, I was in the kitchen. Okay, let me switch it on. But I got my food in the microwave. And I think it went on whatever news channel it was. And I'm looking for the, I quickly switched, switched over and put on something else because I don't want to consume negativity. And I know whatever they tell me, they're not going to tell me anything, anything different anyway. They're not going to tell me anything good that I don't, I don't know on Twitter anyway. So I think particularly now in the kind of climate we're in, one has to be very, very careful not to just consume negativity, negativity, negativity. I'm not saying live in a cloud, in a cloud cuckoo land, live an unrealistic life. But remember, 90% of the things we're scared of never happens. So fear, false evidence appearing real. It's so important that we're conscious. I'm not saying don't watch the news, I don't listen to the news, I read the newspapers, whatever, but I'm saying even when you watch the news, that's somebody's own opinion or agenda or narrative that they're trying to push whether we like it or not. And I'm not talking about conspiracy theories or whatever like that. So we have to be very conscious that we don't become so consumed by fear that it takes away our ability to, to critical think, to collaborate and to, and when I'm talking about collaborate, sometimes it creates not even collaborating mm-hmm. with one person, two people, three people in a group. You, be, you can be collaborating, listening to this podcast. I'm so sure we've shared so many ideas that at least one person or a hundred people say, you know what, wow, let me collaborate. That's an idea. I've just rubbed my mind with Ikra and Oni. Let me collaborate and do something. Let me do a project with my team or whatever. So when I'm saying, when we're talking about collaborate, it's not necessarily with other people face-to-face in that sense. So that's fear. So I spoke about frustration, fear, and fatigue. Definitely as an entrepreneur, you know, you know, I, I saw a quote online. I, I don't know who said it because the person didn't think, but it says something on the lines of, um, when you're tired, don't quit, but rather rest. And I've learned, particularly in the first lockdown of this year, was to rest, as in just chill, just chill. And, and, and I think, I don't think, we're so used to being busy. We're so used to being active. We're so busy, used to being, get up and go to work, going up, go to education, get up, get up, get up, get up, that we have no time to rest. Even going for a walk is a, is a form of rest. Even sleeping on a couch or in front of the TV is a rest. So definitely when you found, find yourself as a listener, you know, you're tired and you're, 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 you know, you're fatigued and you're tired, rest. You know, I'm all, you know, there's at least four goals I didn't achieve this year. Gave my four major goals and I'm one for setting vision and writing goals or whatnot. But I just, I said, okay, well, it's going to be next year now, isn't it? Let me just rest. Let me just rest on what I've achieved now. Let me just, do you understand? And I think, I don't believe in all this. Yeah, wake up at four o'clock, do 25 push, press, press ups, read 15 books, write four articles. And then, you know, by nine o'clock, you finish. No, 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 no. If you have to rest, rest. If you're now a majority of people are working from home, you know, if you're working maybe in your bedroom or you're working in the in the front room, I don't know what they call it in America in particular, but here in the UK and around Europe, whatever, the front room, have a when you're having your break, don't rest in the same room. Go to another room and rest. So it's a change of environment. And I think these things are some of the things we can do, particularly now in this new norm, consciously and unconsciously. So yeah, fatigue, uh, frustration, and fears. 
No, I love that. There's just so many, so many things where it's like, I just took away from there. You know what I mean? Where it's just like friendly reminders for me, right? Where, you know, even like earlier today, I was like thinking, you know, there's all this stuff that I want to get done. I want to accomplish. Like sometimes I have the tendency to like overthink everything that I want to do. And then like, dude, you need to, you need to factor in like rest and fatigue. And so I really love that you, you hit on that because that's just, those are just the reminder that I needed. And then there was something else that you said that really caught my attention, right? Where it was, you know, the fact that there was four goals, four big goals that you wanted to achieve that for whatever, you know, this year it was like, okay, we, we, we weren't able to hit that, but it wasn't like you said, oh no, I didn't hit it. You didn't beat yourself up. You're like, okay, next year, right? And I love that, you know, where it's just, you just kind of are like, okay, let's just adjust the timeline for the goals. And I think that that's something that people, or at least myself, I kind of forget (laughs) to to kind of remember that you can also adjust the timeline for these different goals that you're, you're, you're looking to achieve. Uh, Yeah. 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 And it's interesting. It's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, um, so every year, as you know, or maybe obviously the listeners don't know, I, I, I give each year a theme. So 2006, what are we now 2020 is the year of legacy distinction last year 2019 was the year of global distinction before that was cutting edge distinction and creative distinction and all these theme themes are relevant and are transcend are transgenerational so last 2019 was the year of global distinction i'm a global leadership speaker and the global market is now local so it's not like oh it's only one year mm-hmm. 2021 i've called it drum roll the year of timeless distinction. 2021 is the year of timeless distinction. You know, it's quite exciting and, you know, humbling that a lot of people have contacted me that I've shared across social media and say, you know what, they're running with it. They're running with timeless distinction. Timeless can be described as not restricted to a particular time or date, or it's not affected by time, it's ageless. Remember what I said that in this new decade, we're going to see the birth of new ideologies, new concepts, new products, new services that transcends time and space. I'll give you an example. During the Great Depression of 19, the late 1930s, mm-hmm. the IBM um, ch- um, and founder, you know, um, they were going, obviously the Great Recession, there was so much going on in America, the Great Recession, jobs were getting lost. Mine was a bit like now, but not as bad as now. In that sense, money was going down, businesses were closing, the shareholders was on his neck, on, on, on his back. But he said, no, do you know what? I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus. He actually increased the wages and the weight and the standard living of the employees against the, 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 the request of the shareholders. After the um, um, Great Depression um, ended, there was a call for a particular kind of minish, um, and machines for, um, for social balloting, et cetera, et cetera. Guess who had the, uh, guess who had the concept at that time for, for, for the machinery, IBM. And that, that, that opportunity made IBM for the next 45 years, the leaders, the cutting edge leaders in their chosen field. And now IBM are still leading in the 2020s with IBM Watson. So when I'm talking about timeless distinction, I'm, I'm convinced that particularly, I mean, like it's, it's interesting, 2020, the first year of a new decade, it's a, it's a birth pains, it's, the whole world came to a grand standstill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've called it the year of legacy distinction. And even though legacy is a lifetime experience, 
many people personally have given birth to something there's either been a shift mm -hmm. which has been legacy focused and then next year the first the second year is the year of timeless distinction um henry ford isn't it interesting um you know he came up with the concept of the ford car in the 1800s um, um now in the 2020s or the 2020s ford now they realize that they have to go electric now forget about history forget about henry ford's legacy they have to now be timeless with everyone else the first electric car actually was manufactured in 1896 roughly mm -hmm. 2021 2022 we're going to see full-scale uh, manufacturers of electric cars on the roads timeless distinction <laughs> No, definitely. And I love how like 2020 is the year of the legacy of distinction, because yes. I feel like, you know, really the mindsets, the lessons that you take from this year will determine your legacy and also like the way Ooh. companies act have like branded themselves, which is a legacy wow. in the long term. And I feel like there's just, that, that was a really good name. It's, it's basically what that <laughs> No, because I didn't know 2020 it was called like yeah, like the uh, legacy of distinction. So. Yeah, the year of legacy of distinction. And, and like I said, you don't have to be dead to leave a legacy. And that's the essence of or one of the pillars of my meshed of cutting distinction. You don't have to be dead to my, my legacy is from detention mm -hmm. to distinction, whatever that means. So and I'm not dead, I'm I'm alive and well, you know, thank God. So I think we now as I love what you said, there's that shift, there's that mind shift that look, I'm let, let's live intentionally let's live on purpose let's not live in fact to be honest we can't even live haphazardly, live haphazardly anymore anyway let's live with intention let's live with purpose let's become very selfless in our in our in our way let's become value driven you know um <laughs> let's understand the vision our vision our values and the voice i mean i i wrote again on twitter the other day that you know um tesla they're not the only electronic um electric car manufacturers out there mm -hmm. there's many others but Elon Musk is, he understands his vision, his values and his voice, which is charisma, you know, he uses social media well, it's a bit controversial, but there's other um, electric car manufacturers out there, but we don't know of them. We only know of Tesla and Elon Musk. Why? Because he understands the, the, the may I say, his personal brand or his leadership brand, his distinction and his vision, his values and his voice. So yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, it's to live our legacy and leave our legacy and timeless. It's, you know, creating value that transcends time and space. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I'm just going to pull one more thing out of here. What do you want to leave our listeners with today? I mean, there's so much there, you know, from the three B's, from the, you know, the three C's, which I think are going to be very critical to the coming decades, where it's critical thinking, collaboration, and creativity, you know, there was finding your vision, finding your passion, your talents and your gifts, or your gifts, your talents and your passions. I always do it the opposite way. I don't know why, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, kind of how to overcome your three Fs. So your fear, failure, no, fear, fatigue. What's your last one? <laughs> Frustration. I forgot myself to be honest, I so much. <laughs> and so there's, there's so many different nuggets here but what would you like to leave as a final thought or legacy brilliant hmm. wow what, what what haven't i said <laughs> well to be honest to be honest Ikra, i've said like 0.1 percent of everything so 
the listeners are thinking, you've only said 0.01. Wow, that means how much have you got inside of you? I've got so much, man. I've got so much. I've got so much. Um, I would say <laughs> start local, mm-hmm. think global, and constantly raise the bar of excellence. And I'll break it down for you. Start local, think global, and constantly raise the bar of excellence. Start local, start where you are in your, in your apartment, in your high school, in your office, in your field of endeavor. Start local, make, you know, make your vision, your values and your voice known where you are on social mm-hmm. media. Be intentional with it. Start local, think global. It was interesting, um, some of the top skills and top jobs over the coming 10, in the next 10, 15 years, 90% of them is all about thinking, analytical thinking, critical thinking, creative thinking. So think global. The global market is now local and the local market has gone global. So start local, think global, intentional about bringing value on the global playing field and constantly raise the bar of excellence. For my message of cutting this distinction, I combined branding and excellence. And as I said, created the three Vs, your vision, your values and your voice. So ultimately what I'm leaving with your uh, listeners is start local, think global, and constantly raise the bar of your vision, constantly raise the bar of your values, and constantly raise the bar of your voice. Oh, that's beautiful. And if everybody wants more of you, where can they find you? Where should they be following you on social media, online? Where can they connect with you? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, all those that want me, I'm, I'm open. Take me, take me. Obviously, it comes out of cost anyway, so... <laughs> So no, um, I'm sure the links are going to be in the kind of description of the podcast. But yeah, I'm on Instagram, um, I'm on ED777, of course, on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll give you all my links. You know, if you just Google my name, my name comes up straight away on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. But yeah, just search for me, you'll find me. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the doors shall definitely be open. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure and like so much joy to to reconnect to you know reiterate some of these past conversations that we have so many new insights and so many new nuggets um, that I've personally left with so I'm very excited to see and hear what all of our listeners have to say what they're thinking definitely going to be retweeting some of those quotes because those were just fire and uh, (laughs) thank you look forward to connecting soon hopefully in person (laughs) when everything's a little crazy Thank you for the opportunity and keep up the great work and thank you for this platform. Very, very much appreciated, honestly. Very much appreciated. Thank you.